Did you hit record? I did. Did you? Yes. I thought maybe that was a dry run through. So <laughs> yeah, Gosh. no, uh, we're never yeah. going to get this right, by the way. Yeah. One, two record or one, two, three record. Do we go on three or do we go on record? <laughs> uh, so, uh, how you doing, Bob? I'm doing great. Uh, do we usually talk to each other like that before? Um, I don't know. Cold I, open if we're chatting. Like, do you listen to the show, day? Bob? I do listen to the show, but there's so much content in every episode that uh, sometimes I forget what the beginning happened. I totally listen to the show. More and importantly, I uh, do the post production on the show, so I should probably know how it all goes together. <laughs> I, I like listening to it just to see what is it that I said again, and just kind of get an idea if I'm going to expect any blowback because I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I said that, Ugh, you know. Do you remember when we first started, though, you didn't like to watch or listen? Uh, maybe that was my inner diva podcaster, you know, because you got some actors. Hey, what do you think of Game of Thrones, so-and-so? Do you watch the own show? No, I don't know. You know, I've never watched the show, you know. <laughs> like, never okay. seen the final edit. I only know my role. Right. <laughs> so. So, um, yeah, I do listen to the show, um, but it's mostly just to see if I've said something stupid. Um, also, since you do the post-production, you'll sneak in a few things that'll be like, oh, yeah, like uh, Silicon Valley last week, the uh, little bumper there. That was pretty Full disclosure, good. I haven't listened to last week's episode yet. Sometimes I do, like, I try to listen pretty religiously just to, like, take my own notes, critique notes for like the next episode's editing or whatnot, but sometimes I don't have time. So we're sort of or teasing the end of this episode at the beginning of the episode, right? Because that's like the, <laughs> how sausage is made in the podcasting world, right? So we're so good, but we were talking about something way more important than that when, when we hit record. So you are broadcasting from the future home but not in Studio 1A, but the future home of Studio 1A right now. I, I'm sitting just outside of Studio 1A. And for the uh, casual listener, Studio 1A is the future home of of the and K part of the Bob <laughs> and Kevin show. Wait, you get so, the and too? Damn oh, it. Oh, man. Oh, it, I'm starting out sweary already. We're going to have to fight over the ampersand. That's another thing. Should we go with ampersand Bob ampersand Kevin show? Or should we go Bob A-N-D? Kevin show. Well, let's push that to the end too, because there's okay. some actual sausage making along with an ampersand as well. So, um, so let's, 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 let's get go back to, to the, studio one a, okay. So studio one a is where I'm presently, well, I'm sitting just outside of it and it's very echoey in here. Wait, Apologize is it two story house or one story? It's, uh, got a partial basement, a large first floor and a loft. So studio one a is the loft part of the house. So it's actually upstairs from where you are. Now. It will be upstairs from where I'm presently sitting. Yes. Can you give us approximate, um, latitude and longitude so people can stalk you? Um, I live on the North coast of America. That would be near the great lakes for all of you non great Lakers. And uh, I was I, just going to see if you'd give up your latitude and longitude because that'd be like security no no. It, it would be. It, it would be even more amazing if I had that ready. Like it's blah 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 blah. Whoa! You I know, totally he, expected that you'd have that like 
social security number, latitude, longitude. I do know my latitude, which is kind of weird because <laughs> I was in I, uh, I was in satellite communications in the military, and knowing your your latitude is very important for finding the constellation of communication satellites um, that are in geosynchronous orbit. And I was also uh, in my high school astronomy class, and I took astronomy in college. So a lot of those sorts of things are just random things that I keep track of. I don't think I remember hardly anything from college. That's a whole nother story. Then you you apparently did it correctly. I had a really good time, <laughs> not going to yeah. lie. Sorry, Dad. And you're, you're the Ball State grad, right, of the two of us, and I am a Purdue slash somewhere online later in life grad. So, yep. Very good. So now um, you have all the pieces of information that you can totally steal any of our identities. Yes, <laughs> totally. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting at Future Studio 1A. It's almost complete. It's super echoey in here. So that's not some cool, sweet reverb effect that's going on. <laughs> I'm excited to get your audio file to see because uh, Kevin does do some pre-processing before he sends me over. God Bless it, we keep going right to the end of the show. All right, yeah. So let's go to the beginning of the show, finally, <laughs> if that's okay. And yep, Bob, you what roll. is the beginning of the show again? Oh, we're going to do the actual beginning of the show? No, no, no. We're going to oh. do the pre-beginning of the show. show. The pre-beginning of the show is we're going to talk about uh, your home automation setup. And uh, yeah. yours is primarily security, right? Well, I'm going to be the hypocrite, right? So big, big privacy warrior. Hey, Screw Facebook, yada, yada, yada. Uh, side note, we're going to talk about Facebook here in a bit. Um, see how, how I'm planting all these seeds. This Shocker. Is how, this is how you podcast. Ooh, there's another seed for the last part of the show. Okay, moving on. So, um, yeah, so I did building a new home. Uh, I conscripted my wife into dragging Cat6 cable through the house so that we could install our own security systems slash power over Ethernet cameras and things of the like. So home automation, we're trying to be kind of cool and hip and automated and all that. But yes, there are some security slash privacy implications. So there's good security, but you kind of give up some privacy, right? Is that where you're going, Bob? Well, I, I, contrary to probably what you thought I was doing, I wasn't really trying to trap you into that. But now that you bring it up, mm. um, you're uh, installing some cameras. Is that true? And who makes those cameras? It is true. Um, some <laughs> cheap Chinese company that's probably monitoring this podcast being made right from Studio 1A. Um, and the, but the, the really cool thing is their power over Ethernet. So I'm just going to totally skirt the privacy Look thing. Look at you. <laughs> I wanted you to tell the name brand of your cameras because it's pretty well known, isn't it? No. Uh, not oh, you, just, your, just your doorbell is. Yeah, so to to kind of reset here, I've got at least three brands going on in this house. So I've got some unnamed Chinese company that you've never heard of. So we'll just, just call it that. that. Where did you pick those up from, though? Amazon. Amazon? Yeah, okay. 100, 179 bucks for power over Ethernet cameras that 24-7 continuous record. And it takes like two weeks to fill up my two terabyte hard drive. So it's... It's not bad. I mean, for that price, we we were gonna have you know Joe Schmo do it, and we priced it out, and they wanted like three grand, and I was like, you no, I I have some skills. Damn it, we're <laughs> honey, we're buying a box of Cat Six. <laughs> Follow me, and that's what we did. And so we have our Ethernet cameras 
So you get your power and your signal over one cable, and those go into kind of like a server room. And then I have a Nest doorbell. So not a Ring uh, doorbell, but a Nest doorbell video one. But I have the Ring home security system. So before you get too deep in it, yes, I realize that Ring also has the doorbell and and things like that. But um, just reading reviews, the Nest doorbell seemed to, to be a better choice. And then we also have the Ring um, alarm system in the house. And so far, so good. But I'm pretty sure you're going to ask me a question because pre-show, you were like, aha, I'm going to ask Kevin something. And that is... Well, I had thoughts on the... Um, well, you, we had mentioned that <laughs> we were shooting the shit before we started recording. And you had mentioned that, you know, hang on, family's leaving. The door chime is going to go off and the door chime is right by me. And I'm like, wait a minute. So every time your door opens, a chime goes off, and you said, what was your response to that? Yes, and every window as well. So the windows don't bug me as much because it's not like... So Kevin and I both have families, and that typically means children. So I just remember the days when my children were similar in age to Kevin's children. And if I had a chiming noise going off every time they opened and closed the door... I would probably have at least two fewer children than I have today. <laughs> Isn't that, though, a function of how old they are? I mean, young children, if somebody's coming in or out, you kind of want to go, you know, what, row, row, you know, what, you know, who just came in or out or and where did it happen? It is, but I guess that I'm going to wear my white suburban privilege here, you know, growing <laughs> up here. The kids did have kind of, because we have a fenced in yard. When we moved in here, we put a fence around the entire yard. It's a pretty fence. It's not a chain link or anything. Um, so we were pretty comfortable when they were, you know, in their six to 10 kind of range that, you know, as long as they stayed in the yard, which they knew that they would cease to exist on this planet if they left the yard, um, we would let them have free reign. But I mean, just like in the summertime, especially since you guys are moving in very soon, that door would be open. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so I grew up in, you know, little, I'm a little younger than you, but I also grew up in the era of, all right, as long as it's daylight and there's no school, get out of my house. I will see you by dark or when I yell for you, it's dinner or something yep. to that effect. And yep. what happens between now and then, shoulder shrug from parents, right? Well, we, we don't really live so much in that world. And if you really want to scare yourself when you have small children, go to your local sex offender registry website with a map and then go ahead and go, wow, that's a lot of dots on the map. Yeah. See, we played ignorant parents much of those younger years because we weren't, I mean, we were still internet savvy, kind of. I mean, it was young internet still, but I guess we were um, childhood predator or neighborhood child predator naive. So I didn't look at that till much later. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we, we got the security system, but another cool thing is, is, you know, you're, you're on the road trip and your wife or your husband looks at you and goes, oh, did we close the garage door? Guess what? Now I know I can just look at my phone. So is go. that all right. So you can look at your phone. Can you close the garage door with your setup? I cannot. I can Ooh, call. So you I can, can only know that it's closed. One of the twenty family members that live next door to me, though, and tell them to go over and close my darn door. But there's got to be a gadget or an add-on that would allow you to control your garage door opener too, right? 
I'm sure there is. I'm sure it costs money. And I'm sure I can just call my brother-in-law to go close my damn garage. <laughs> Guarantee so. it costs money. That's that's a given. All right. Yes. So you've got the you've got the cameras, you've got the the nest doorbell, I'm calling it. Yes. And then you said you had the Ring Home Security. So what is Ring Home Security? What does that do for you? So Ring was independent, then Amazon bought it. So now it is an Amazon property. And you can buy a you know 10-piece kit, 14-piece kit. And we bought a kit and it came with a free, free, yeah, there's no such thing as free. It came with a third generation Echo Dot. And so Ring is Alexa. Wait, they're up to the third generation now? Oh, yeah, yeah the rounded kind of ones. Yeah, it kind of looks like a Google Home that's been sat on. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what the new uh, dot looks like. So you got a base station and everything connects to that. So think window sensor, you know, base, it's a simple magnet, whether or not it's, it can sense its mate. Um, you've got a keypad, you've got the siren, you've got motion detectors. Um, they do offer video cameras. Um, they, they've got a kind of a litany of things to do. The most valuable things I think are the motion sensors and the, uh, the contact sensors. Those are, that's the window thing because, It'll tell you exactly which window is open. Imagine, you know, it's summertime or spring or fall is more likely and you've got five windows open. Hey, it's going to rain. Well, shit, what windows are open? I got to walk around the whole hot market, look at my phone and I've got two windows open. Yeah, I know. It's almost like late. This, pure is, laziness. this is big house guy problems right here. <laughs> okay, this this is a large house. <laughs> and and before you go all privilege on me, I live in the, one of the lowest cost of living areas in America. You know why? There ain't nothing worth living for around here. <laughs> Just so we're clear. All right. Unless you have a giant compound with a nest security system ring yeah, security system there's, there's a lot of farmland around here so if you're into cows chickens corn and beans come buy some land by me so yep. you got all this stuff going on for kind of like the home security aspect now is there a hub associated with the the security system yeah so the ring has a hub and you and i i had asked you hey bob Let's talk about Z-Wave thinking, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to hatch something on Bob that he doesn't know about. He's like, yeah, I've got a few of those. I'm like, fuck man. Oh, look who's sweary today. <laughs> I'm like thinking Z-Wave. I had a Wikipedia that shit just the other day. I'm like, what's this? And I'm full like, full disclosure, full disclosure. Last year's, and I think we probably have video evidence of this too. Last year's like Amazon black Friday or whatever they do, one of their Amazon sale days, they had some bundles going on that had uh, Z-Wave plugs and Z-Wave switches. So, so, so Bob, you want to explain to the audience what Z-Wave is? Huh? Huh? Can you? I'm only going to complete. I'm only going to be able to explain it from a consumer uh, perspective. Z-Wave are smart plugs and switches from what I've consumed, and they are hubless meaning that they are pretty much able to integrate with your existing smart home hub technology. Like I have a smart things hub and Z-Wave works fine with that. So uh, am I wrong? No, Did you're I not. That you're wrong? not okay. wrong. And so I had to look it up on Wikipedia the other day and it's, it's a Danish technology of all places. You know, we, we have some Danish connections and it's akin to Bluetooth. Um, and is it? Yes. 
the it's a little better than Bluetooth because here Bluetooth has limited range, right? A meter up to three meters for like Bluetooth, like amazing, you know, whatever. Um, but the way Z-Wave works is it's a mesh network. So if I have a Z-Wave device here in the kitchen and then I have one down the hallway, it creates uh, a daisy chain mesh network. So I can actually extend the network by simply having nodes uh, replicate down uh, the hallway. I just assumed those were Wi-Fi. That's so funny. See, I'm just a consumer. So it's actually not Wi-Fi. In fact, I believe it runs in the 908 megahertz range or something like that. Um, there's some competing technologies. Uh, I can't name them, of course, but they uh, they operate in like the 2.4 gigahertz range, which is super chattery and noisy because most consumer electronics use that. So Z-Wave, I do believe doesn't have a lot of competition in that band of 908 megahertz. Of course, that's in, in America. Your mileage may vary in your country and your your frequency governance and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah, I just looked at, I just looked at the packaging. That's why I kind of sort of stepped away. Um, uh, mine was a GE switch, but it operates on Z-Wave tech. So Yeah, so it's cool. You, um just so as 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 long as you have nodes fairly close to each other, you can run it really far, and that's really cool because Wi-Fi, like your router, it's basically a bubble from wherever your access points are. So if you your computer, for instance, doesn't work as a replicator, whereas a Z-Wave item would. So your if your computer was using Z-Wave for whatever reason, it would join not only join the network, but it would also be an access point for the anyone nearby. And that, so that what, was kind of, cool. what kind of Z-Wave stuff are you running then? Uh, Ring is all Z-Wave technology. So the sensors, the, uh, the keypad, anything you want to connect, connect to the base station through Z-Wave. And then the uh, base station then connects through Wi-Fi to the internet. And that way I can remotely see if the alarm's going off, disarm it, enable it, see what doors are opening and closing. And so while the house is being built, I can actually see what time the contractors walk into my house in the morning. And Yo, do they know that? Nah, I don't care if they know that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, so as soon as we got power and internet to the house, we, we installed all this ourselves. It's dead, simple, easy. That's a huge selling point. Whoever is full disclosure. I think I saw ring like the doorbell advertisement maybe a year or two ago. And I looked at that and I just scoffed. I'm like, who's going to want to do that? Who's going to put a <laughs> the bad guy's just going to yank that off, you know, and you know, some snarky comment in my own mind. And then here I am using, you know, a nested doorbell and ring. And I'm like, holy shit, this is actually really, this is potentially, you know, to use a cliche in tech, disrupting ADT and that whole security industry. All right. So that's another question that I had. So you've got your setup and it's personal for you. So you can, you know, get on your smartphone and see the cameras or know what windows are open. Is there a reporting mechanism where you can actually use it to call local authorities, blah, blah, blah? So it's 100% optional to have monitoring. Um, it's only like 10 bucks a month if you do. And if the alarm goes off, the, they do like an ADT thing where they call you, what's the, what's the password? Uh, and we're going to send, you know, SWAT team if you don't tell us, you know, that it's, you know, Fuzzy Kittens 177 or something, whatever it is. <laughs> and... Um, on top of that, they also have something like kind of a, a sidecar service. It's called Neighbors. So if anyone else has a ring in the neighborhood, you can opt yeah. in and you can see what's 
you can see some information about, hey, there's an alarm that went off over on First Street or Third Street, um, you know, things like that. And also you, you use the neighborhood to get like a like a real-time crime map too. You can see where incidences have occurred, right? Yeah, so far um, because of where I live, uh, none of the cows or chickens have actually reported any crime other than some stolen milk and eggs. So we, we're, we're good to go. <laughs> That's good. You live in a low-crime area. So <laughs> are you doing any other smart home stuff or is it just the security? Um, it's, it's mostly security. I'm, I'm trying to think here. I'm, I'm looking around the house. Um, we went with garden variety, not garden variety. We went with nice like appliances, but none of them are smart appliances. I, I learned the hard way with, with televisions. So 10 years ago when I bought this really awesome smart TV, had 3d glasses, the whole nine yards, $4,500. Well, it was only about 1200, but at the uh, time, I mean, 1200 still, I mean, what I'm getting at is it had Netflix built in and the the internal apps that ship with TVs are just like bare bones, buggy as shit, never get updated. And so my life hack on that is, is I don't care anymore. If I want nice, smart televisions, I plug an Apple TV into it. So, But you're not using any hue lighting or any smart outlets or anything like um, that? I, I did buy some smart outlets. They're still in the box. So uh, more to come on that. Um, I would show the people at home, but they can't see it. But, um, Bobby, you can see over my shoulder somewhere over there. We have touch screen thermostats. We have three of them in the house. And I Which was, one did you go with? It, it came with, uh, I believe we have a Linux system. So it's actually first party oh, Linux now. Okay. Yeah. So I we're, love my Ecobee. I have an Ecobee. I put it in the house so we could sell it and I'm going to miss it. We were going to go with Nest, and because we have zones, we have like three zones in the house, I don't know if that Nest needed like a, a hub or some sort of brain unit, some sort of hub to make them all talk to each other. There it was a reason, but once I found out we were getting, they look like mini iPads on the wall. Um, yeah. They're actually bigger than I thought. I'm like, wow, you know, that's kind of cool. I don't know what to do with it, but, you know, but cool. So there's that. Did you do any smart tech for like the theater room or anything like that? Um, I did a hard line of Cat Six. This is about as smart as I I wanted to go. Do you have any ideas? I, I feel like you're fishing here. Is there something that you're that you're well, no, hoping I, just, I put in? I was putting it myself in the in that thought of you know like if I was building my own house, like I'm a huge fan of the Philips Hue lighting. Like I'm a big fan of smart lighting in general. Because you can set schedules, um, there's um, you know geofencing awareness, so things can happen when you're on site versus off site. Um, so I do enjoy that, but I mostly just tinker. the 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 line of reasoning that I was going to is if you were adding components like this, one of the things that I have a giant issue with, and I haven't researched it enough, is like I have I have hub fatigue. Like I have a hub for everything, so I have a smart things hub. I have a, a Hue Hub. Sonos? Um, uh, Sonos does not have a hub, so okay. that's nice. Sonos is kind of self-contained through the Wi-Fi network, and um, it's got the uh, Amazon Assistant integration. Also has Google integration now, too. Um, but then for my entertainment system, I use a Harmony setup, and Harmony has a hub. <laughs> so I have, you know, a hub for this, a hub for that, you know, and... 
you know, they were talking about that there was going to be these ubiquitous devices coming that were like universal hubs, which would be great. Like I would love a universal hub. And I thought if you were setting up a new house, you might have a, a an inkling or some education on what a universal hub looked like. But I don't. If, if like. Next time you're over to Studio 1A, if you would like to take the official tour, um, I will show you the, uh, the server room, also known as the utility room, also known as basically where your water heater is. Um, so... Uh, down there, I have a, uh, a managed switch, so I can do VLANs. Um, video cameras can be on VLAN 1, and regular internet can be on VLAN 2. I also have a patch. So all, all the Cat6 comes into that room, and I can just patch real quick with short patch cables. I, I taught my wife how to make straight through, how to make uh, crossover. She knows how to use the crimper. I was really proud of her. Uh, so That's so, awesome. Yes. Um, and she helped me do the Nest doorbell installation because you can just use Cat6 as a doorbell because it's just copper wire, right? So um, that was super easy. So one thing that Nest and Ring have mastered is it's stupid easy to install. Stupid easy. Well, that's pretty funny that you mentioned hardwiring of the doorbell because they make them wireless too. They, they do, but think of it this way. A wireless one can't charge. So the wireless one with the solar add-on can. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But <laughs> but most house. I mean, if you were to look at my house, you're not getting sun underneath the you know right, an it's overhang. Under the awning. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So really, the purpose of those two cables aren't for data transfer. They are for keeping the battery that's internal to the doorbell charged. And when you push the doorbell, it it actually sends a signal wirelessly to the doorbell chime. So it doesn't. So oh, so it really is just for power. It is That's just cool. for power. Another cool thing, I did not know this. You know, I'm looking at, or my phone chirps at me is, hey, we, we saw a human face, or it says something to that effect by your front door. We saw a human, or it says a person. I guess it doesn't say human. We saw a person, you know, near your, your door. And I was like, oh, cool. So it's got some sort of recognition where it's, okay, it's at the bird. That's a car. Oh, that's a person. And that's... Pretty useful, I think. Probably using size more than anything else, right? It, it could be. Um, when you push the button, it's cool because everyone who has the app, including uh, my children who have devices, get notified on their device. Hey, somebody's at your door. And then they, you can engage them with audio right there. You can see them. They can't see you. You can say, you can do the whole, you know, oh, I'm indisposed, even though you're over at Walmart buying groceries, you know. Right. <laughs> I'm just getting out of the shower. Yeah, sure you are. Um, no, we don't want any Girl Scout cookies. Go away. So, yeah, we've already done that. That's pretty cool. Really? You've already had visitors to the house? No. Even though uh, you're not there? Dad oh. rang the doorbell to test it out, and Jackson uh, was... Told him to get lost. We already yeah. gave up the office. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll only come to the door if I can be ungrounded, Dad. <laughs> so... So yeah. did you, and you mentioned earlier that um, the actual security hub, you don't have that hardwired into the system? You have that wireless? Um, it has both options and it has a cellular backup as well, which, which is kind of cool. So if you're, uh, and it has a battery backup. So let's say a bad guy cuts power to house it will stay running. I also have battery backup on my server stack, so that'll last a while. Um, but it'll also be able to call cellular if your Wi-Fi goes down, the authorities and whatnot. I love UPS. I love it, except for when the batteries start to go. 
and then it beeps and beeps and beeps. That's it's uh, UPS speak for I need replaced, Bob. I'm dead. I know. I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff anymore because I did that when I was hosting and running stuff. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. There's also uh, things like panic buttons. So we've put panic buttons through the house. So if you hold it for three seconds, the alarm goes off and it notifies everyone who has the app. Or, and if you have the service, it calls 911 for you. Are those so, ha- hard mounted? Like you No, they're not. You can, so they're, they're on the wall. They're wireless, battery driven, Z-Wave connected. But you could take it off and go to a hiding place if you wanted to. So, Very interesting. Yeah, I'm... I'm my my wife's like, look, you've got to buy a, a security system. Like, all right, let's see what Joe Schmo wants to charge us because I'm busy. Did you have one at the old house? I didn't. What was her concern about having one in the new place? Um, Did you move to a bad neighborhood? <laughs> no. With all the cows and chickens? No, it, it's just your general, you know, it's a big house. So, you know, if you're sleeping and you're like, you hear a bump in the night. Was that the back door opening or not? Uh, you know, and obviously it, once again, big house problems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Big house problems. Um, but even on a small house, I mean, my last house was 2,600 square feet. You know, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you know, it's, which my wife is them for Kevin, I think, I think somebody's in the house and I have a broom, you know, to defend us with. Um, I would like some reassurance that, yeah, one of the sensors is tripped or not, you know, just, just, or yes, there is, and it's downstairs or it's upstairs or it's the window on the west side of the house. You know, I, it, I don't know. It's just, maybe it's all faux. So uh, you have motion sensors as well, right? Yes. But motion sensors are disabled when you're home. Otherwise you're setting them off yourself. Oh, uh, see, sometimes we would set the alarm when we went to like an, a long time ago, we had an alarm system here because. ADT salesperson came by and convinced us that we needed one and we were young and dumb and paid for it. Um, but it had <laughs> optical sensors. And so when you would arm it at night, the optical sensors were on downstairs. Well, so, also having kids, uh-huh. mylar balloons sometimes would enter the house from parties and whatnot. Mm. And a mylar balloon, when you have ceiling fans, stuff like that, they will just bounce through the house and set off the alarm one night. <laughs> So the ring system's pretty intuitive, if you ask me. So you can basically have a totally off disarm. You can have we're home, so just do perimeter, or we're totally gone. Anything moves, destroy it. And if if you're oh, you not got the laser kit, <laughs> um, it's on back order. So <laughs> if you go with the uh, the perimeter only, you get to decide what sensors are active. So if you want to turn on your motion sensors in the basement where nobody should be, or upstairs where you know some zone, you can decide to turn that on. But yeah, if you then walk down there and go, oops, um, it'll either go off. But there's actually a cooldown, so you can say, you know what, go off after 60 seconds. So you can actually give yourself that. I'm an idiot, you know, or the kids oh, walk through cool. there. All right. So I'm, I'm actually like impressed at this point. And I feel like I'm very hard to please when it comes to technology. You are listening to the Bob and Kevin show with Bob Beatty bar and Kevin Gishesky. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. 
Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Hey, Bob, what are we doing today? Well, Kevin, uh, now that we've talked about home security and some uh, smart home stuff, I think we're going to move on to some more of our regular content. I'm uh, really going to dive into this Libra crypto thing from our friends at Facebook. And then I think we're going to just share some thoughts about some of the podcasts that we listen to and podcasting in general. And I think that will probably wrap us up for the day. So I am Bob from the Bob and Kevin Show, and that other guy that gave us into the intro, he is... I'm Kevin. All right. Oh, weird. Well, I'm going to jump ahead for a second into the podcasting thing. I asked a tweet. I sent out a tweet to some podcaster that was giving advice the other day, and I said, when you, it was something about the intros, and I said, well, did you do first names and last names in your intro? And he said, oh, most definitely. Really? Like, uh, we don't really do that anymore, so I don't know. We'll put I'm, that in the ampersand conversation for okay. later. That, that's interesting. But um, last couple days, big topic in the news is uh, Facebook's coming up with a cryptocurrency. And it f- turns out that the name of that currency is going to be Libra. Kevin. Yeah. Hi. Quick thoughts. <laughs> I don't ever have a quick thought, Bob. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> so, all right, I'll, I'll try with some quick thoughts. So, or long thoughts. I don't care. So I tweeted out on the official Bob and Kevin show handle today. Um, You know what it feels like? It feels like Facebook wants to undermine or usurp, if you would, financial institutions and or the government. Because I feel like the financial regulation and the financial health, basically, for lack of a better term, printing your own money is a responsibility of the the government, each, each individual government. So when I hear Facebook basically say, hey, we're going to have our own cryptocurrency, it sounds kind of neat, scary, and very confusing all at the same time because I don't trust Facebook. Do you trust Facebook, Bob? Maybe you do. Maybe. Uh, no, I use Facebook, but I, I definitely don't trust it. Do you think... Is, is, what's your feeling with Libra? Is it meant to replace currency it sounds like it wants to do like this global currency basically it's wants to do what bitcoin set out to do however there's a catch right the catch is is bitcoin is what they call permissionless meaning it's truly like self-bootstrapped it is alive as much as you can get a cryptocurrency where facebook's like nah if you want a node we're gonna have to whitelist you in to be part of the club and oh by the way it's only gonna cost you 10 million dollars to uh run these nodes what do you think i think maybe we should talk about a little bit of maybe what facebook's cryptocurrency is too (laughs) so because it apparently they only have a single vote in the governance. It, it, yeah, but they also have a hundred percent rights to revoke your node, Bob. So if you look at like so PayPal, eBay, you know a lot of these you know brand names, uh, some big banks are in there too. Guess who gets to say whether or not who's still in the club or not, Bob? 
uh, those banks? Facebook gets well, to decide. Yes, but they're also in this invested with Visa, Uber, um, Anderson, Howritz. They've all invested $10 million each into the project's operation. Right, right. So I read that as they gave Facebook $10 million to be able to run the node. So Facebook can say, you know what? Screw you guys. You're out of the club and you no longer get to run because they actually issue like a, a node ID or a license and that's revocable. Right. And they're also spinning off a subsidiary company called Calibra. Oh, that's interesting. So we've got Libra and Calibra. And Calibra is the like the wallet. Um, arm. They handle the crypto dealings. And uh, the, the the company that Facebook is spinning off, Calibra, handles the crypto dealings and protects users' privacy by never mingling your Libra payments with your Facebook data. Mm, I don't know if I buy that. Well, I don't know if I buy it either. And I also find it interesting that they felt the need to put that bullet point in right. there. So it cannot be used for ad targeting. It's like, wow, I don't know. I feel like they might protest a bit too much. So one of the detracting... Facebook's and Calibra will, and other founding members of the Libra Association will earn interest on the money users cash in. So one reason Bitcoin may have not yet been, have become ubiquitous with, say, grandma, you know, Joe user, Jane user, is because there's a bit of difficulty getting... You know, Bitcoin explaining it, you know, there's not exactly a Bitcoin ATM around here. It's just difficult, right? So the only upside that I see at all this is Facebook has a gajillion users and they can kind of cram this down everyone's throat and kind of bootstrap it that way. The problem is, is do you remember something called Facebook credits, Bob? I don't actually, but that's really, I, I was so it, naive when I first got into Facebook. Facebook credits is basically, again, an internal, you know, marketplace. And the reason you don't know about it now is, well, <laughs> it's no longer, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing. I believe at one point, you know, it's like, hey, buy Bob a birthday gift. You get the birthday notification and you could buy you a gift right there, right now. You know, come on, just buy Bob a gift. A few clicks away. And then I don't think you can do that anymore. So no, I don't I, remember any kind of purchase things anymore. They have the, you know, you can have a charity for your birthday, but that's about it. So Facebook has basically consumed a lot of um, traditional markets, right? They've taken over news. They've taken over advertising. Um, I won't say they've taken over Craigslist. That's still kind of like that weird website. <laughs> um, um, you know, I just see them just eating every market, you know, I see them competing with eBay one day, you know, you can already do garage sales, but that's not really a function of Facebook directly. It's more of like a Facebook group does that. But do we need Facebook to now run our financial lives, Bob? We don't need them to. And I'm kind of like reading while we're talking here and they do keep stressing, like one of the key points in this article on TechCrunch, Facebook knew that no one would trust it having their own <laughs> cryptocurrency. So therefore they're doing this Libra, what are they calling it? The Libra Association. And they're hoping to get up to a hundred member companies, founding members. And the first CEO is going to be Zark Muckerberg. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> one of the, he's no, one no, of no, the, not Mark, Zark Muckerberg. Right. It's, it's some other guy. Really? We promise. 
<laughs> but Facebook is one of the, you know, one of the votes. Um, but there's a bunch in there. But to be to so to get a node to join the association, members must have a half rack space of server, hundred megabit. A half rack? Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> half enough. rack of server space, hundred megabit or above, dedicated internet connection, full time site reliability. Uh, engineer and enterprise grade security. We can talk about that a little bit because I posted a funny article about blockchain security. Um, business must hit two of three thresholds: one billion dollars in U.S. market cap, or five hundred million in customer balances, or reach and, twenty million people a year and be recognized and, as a top one hundred industry leader by S and P. And have $10 million and still right. pass some sort of probably shady process to vet you. You know, I, if I had $10 million, Bob, or we had $10 million, they wouldn't accept us because we fail a lot of those rules. So are they just moving the carrot to, to the people who only qualify because they well, will be like-minded? Be, it's going to be backed by big business without a doubt. Um, but with a hundred... So if they're hoping to reach 100 before they officially launch, so 100 node owners, everyone's only got a 1% vote. So how would you, like, there's no way, almost no way they could get a 51. Sure they could. No, that's, it could work just the same way. They can just collude. So eBay and PayPal can team up or, you know, you can get halvesies or, or whatever, the same condition occurs. Right. But, but what sort of backroom deal that says you're not allowed to do X, Y, and Z, you know, or you'll be sued or kicked out of the club. The problem here is, so Bitcoin doesn't have any of these strings attached. Bitcoin is basically no. And, and it's so massive that 51% is actually not just difficult. It's near impossible just right, because, because there's it's so many nodes. distributed because anybody with a rig can have a node. Exactly. Now, if it's only these hundred, you can literally, I mean, and then, okay, it's a hundred today, but IBM buys eBay or eBay buys whatever. Now you're down to 99 nodes and now, you know. Right. And I don't know what the stop loss is for something like that. Does the FCC have to, or not the FCC, the FTC step in and go, no, you can't buy them because you're on the Facebook Grand Puba Council of Libra. And well, that's not- a very interesting question that you bring up because I'm looking at some of these initial um, initial node holders, owners, and we have both Visa and MasterCard and Stripe. So we have some legitimate transactional entities which I believe is pretty much a first in the crypto arena. Okay. But if you're running, say, Stripe, you're the Stripe CEO, Mark Zuckerberg comes to you and says, for $10 million, you can get in on this game. And, uh, you know, if you don't get in now, you can't get in later. So if you're willing to burn $10 million now, you can roll the dice because there's no Yeah, but that's a drop in the bucket for companies like that. That's what I'm saying. Why wouldn't you do it? You're, so just because they're buying in doesn't mean, in my opinion, that, oh, well, they're fully on board. They may be like, well, we, we better get in, even if, you know, reason, you know, we, we don't want to be left out without a chair here when the music stops. Right. But I'm wondering if those companies, even though it's easy for them to get in, 
because of the names of some of those companies, if that is actually going to bring a greater legitimacy to to crypto. Because sure. Bitcoin, it's still the dark web, really. I mean, I hold some of it just because I want to see where it's going to go. But it's not like you're going to Target and buying stuff with Bitcoin. Well, and so you're mentioning voting. So there's 100 votes or whatever. So that's at least 100 developers at each company, right? Some, some, each one of those companies has at least one developer. When's the last time that 100 developers got together and agreed on anything, Bob? Uh, I'm going to say the 12th of never. Exactly. So I'm a little skeptical. Or I'm, okay, I'm a lot skeptical. And I also just don't trust Facebook. And I don't care if they create a, a front company, a facade company. We all know this is Facebook, right? Well, they, I mean, they already have created the facade company. It'd be Libra. Um, so Yeah. So one of the uh, differences between Bitcoin and Libra is apparently Libra is backed by some sort of tangible or financial assets where Bitcoin has got a lot of volatility, right, in the market. It's, it's literally zeros and ones, whereas Libra is allegedly going to be backed by some sort of financial securities on some level, right? Right. And I'm sure that that's probably due, in fact, to the people that are signing on to it. I'm just reading about uh, Libra's blockchain. It's a, it's a, apparently, it's a different and better blockchain than everyone else has. <laughs> well, so it's it's not going to be permissionless, and, which is what Bitcoin is. But I I was reading up on an article that said the goal is within or in five years they want to make it permissionless. The problem is is there's no mandate. There's no one that says we've got to or my head's going to explode. The the SEC the FTC is not going to say you've got to do this or we're going to shut you down. There's there's no skin in the game, so that's an empty promise in my opinion right it's only people who meet a certain criteria to get in a special in-group that defines consensus which is scary and another fun thing about this is bob what is one of the main reasons for a distributed blockchain ledger uh you're over my pay grade at that point all right great so the, the point of a distributed blockchain ledger is to take the hands uh, or take the power away from the hands of the few and give it to the hands of the many. So <laughs> a lot of crypto people are crying foul because wait a second, just because you're calling it cryptocurrency, but you're keeping it in the hands of all the tech giants, WTF, this isn't what it was supposed to be for, for blockchaining and uh, uh, cryptocurrency. So this is more dog and pony show, but it's still... So it's like one of those things. It's not exactly centralized. It's, it's definitely not decentralized, but it's somewhere in between. Yeah. It's one of those they hybrid call it things. broad spectrum. <laughs> and so Facebook's really good at being somewhere in between. And what I mean by between is somewhere between going to jail and somewhere between moral and ethical injustice. <laughs> so that's where Facebook likes to live. And I like to think that Facebook is just coming up with their next con job. And this is it. So, gosh, I'm going to just apologize up front to all the listeners who probably get super tired of me saying this. So I'm reading, so there's, there's a whole marketing slant to this too. And so like one of the pullouts is Libra will empower fans in underserved markets by enabling financial inclusion. So one of the things that I always bring up is the nosedive episode of Black Mirror. And it's like, this is where 
you get all these people to quote unquote buy in. You've got this market, six, whatever, two billion users on Facebook, and they're going to all get into this new Libra crypto. And then all of a sudden we have one currency, a dominant currency, digital currency online. And then all of a sudden there's, you know, your Libra credit reporting agencies. And then, you know, part of your social ranking will be tied to your Libra credits. And so what I'm gathering for what you just read is we're going to, so Libra will take away the social injustice of discrimination in finances. Is that a stretch for me to Nope, that's paraphrase? kind of what, if I say Libra will empower fans in underserved markets by enabling financial inclusion, yeah, that's an exact, you interpreted, I think, that exactly okay. correctly. So now that we have that established, so basically what you're telling me is the company and the companies that can't even figure out what is and isn't a good thing to put on Facebook, YouTube, etc., are now going to somehow be the white knights come in and say, we have now solved all the injustices in the financial market and spoiler alert it ain't going to work out that way but you know what who's who's going to get rich bob uh facebook not, not these people who they right not, not, not the people the, that are being financially included exactly <laughs> they are not going to be benefits because you know uh other thing is is how does facebook make money on this what what's the play here yeah they you don't they're not doing this out of moral um, consciousness, you know, and all these social justice things. There's got to be money at play because Mark Zuckerberg, he only wants to to climb the mountain so high that he is just going to be talked about for years and revered. So I, I just don't see it here. There's a money play here. I just don't know how they're going to make money, probably through transaction fees, because just like eBay, it's, it's one of the world's most terrible, ugly websites, but it's got the eyeballs, right? right? So Facebook, it's got the people. So it doesn't take much effort to get a little bit of income out of each one of those users. I guarantee there's going to be ads in the quote unquote Libra app too. Sorry, there's going to be. Um, there's a ton of financial apps, right? You can, there's one called Nerd Wallet. There's uh, Stripe. I don't, actually, I don't know if Stripe does direct consumer, but there's Venmo, there's PayPal, um, the motherfucking cash app, the motherfucking cash app, <laughs> Joe Rogan's <laughs> quote, not mine. <laughs> so, I mean, it, the market feels full already. And I, so you always take it back to, uh, the black mirror episode. I always take it back to, I watch a lot of it, murder mystery on television. The bad guys get caught because they kill people and they go use their credit card at Walmart. You know, that's like the the spoiler of like, that's how they solve most murders. Um, so when we have these, you know, anonymous or we're going to we're going to make things difficult for anyone and everyone. I, I almost think this is another case of an imperfect system is actually better for everyone because um, the blockchain itself kind of is weird. Okay, here, you took my money. Guess what? It was a fraud. Who am I calling to get my money back? Because you guys all got together and agreed that this is a legit transaction, but guess what? It's not. It's fraud. I want my money back. Who do I have to argue with? I'm not just calling Chase Bank now. I'm not just calling my bank. I've got to call somebody at Facebook, somebody on the Libra council, and they've got to decide 51% or more that I'm going to get my money back. How does that work, Bob? Yeah, I'm not really seeing a lot of details on how like transactional things will be disputed. Um, this seems like a lot of, uh, a lot of early, I mean, they talk about the, 
there's a scripting language that's going to be involved. It's called Move. Uh, the Libra framework is going to be open. The uh, the Move language is going to be open. So it sounds like pretty much anybody's going to be able to develop a Libra-based payment app, which I'm not even sure so, how. So that's it sounds like a go. license fee is a great way to make some money. Yeah, but if they say open, I don't know if it's a license fee. So I, I, I have more research to do on this. I didn't realize there was this much information out there in the wild yet at this point. I just heard that they announced it. Um, well, Bob, just, just think about the sheer logistics there. If, if I have said only 100 companies are allowed to run nodes and you're on the outside looking in and I want to participate in your network, I once I get a gajillion users... I now go, hey, this is valuable. It's going to cost you money to play in the system. And oh, by the way, hmm, we've just created a system that we are gods. We get to control the rules. Nope. Now you have to pay me a 30% tax on every transaction to the council who, who put that money up as risk on day one. And they earned that money because of that. You know, there's just going to be, I think, all these narratives in the future where they start off very utopian. You know, we're we're solving financial injustice, and it's just going to turn into well, Zuckerberg's now the first uh, trillionaire. I, I think we don't have any trillionaires, is that right? We just have billionaires and trilli- yeah, trillion dollar companies, a, right? Yeah, we we have trillion dollar deficits, but uh, no trillionaires. And um, you know, it takes a special breed of person to work for Facebook. Uh, I've decided, but when you include ninety nine of your top, te- I mean, it's. If you were to say, "Give me a hundred tech companies," you're you're getting most of the top, right? Uh, that exist. Yeah, it's a pretty and, decent list of who's who that's in so far, apparently. And so let's let's go to the contrarian view. You know, <laughs> I never like to be contrarian. Um, what if you're like, "Screw that system! I don't want to play in that system." But the top one hundred tech companies are all in that system. Bob, do I have a choice at this point, or is it just like anything else? Well, Google does everything over here. YouTube owns the video market. Facebook owns the damn social media market, except for Twitter, you know, etc. I don't think that it's going to be a have to, but it sounds like it. <sighs> Are we circumventing monopolies, you know, antitrust by saying, no, 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 there's a hundred companies right. in here. But they, it does is, seem like they stand to make a ton of money off interest and dividends. So one of the concluding paragraphs, and I'm going to, uh, I'll definitely put a link to this article in the show notes, but one of the concluding paragraphs, if Facebook succeeds and legions of people cash in money for Libra, it and other founding members of the Libra Association could earn big dividend, big dividends on interest. And if suddenly it becomes super quick to buy things through Facebook using Libra, businesses will boost their ad spend there. But if Libra gets hacked or proves unreliable, it could cost, lo- could cost lots of people around the world money while souring them on cryptocurrencies. And by offering an open Libra prat- platform, shady developers could build apps that snatch not just people's personal info, like Cambridge Analytica, but their hard-earned digital cash. So there's all kinds of like interesting things at play here with the openness of the 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 platform, the openness of the code. You know, people. I mean, they want people to build apps that will utilize that currency because the more movement of the currency, the more chance for people to make money. But at what cost? All right, stay with me on this analogy here. When Walmart moves into a small town, what happens, Bob? All the local retailers go out of business. 
So when Facebook and this ring of elders run this, what's going to happen to the more than 2,000 banks in America who are independent, who don't use Facebook, and they are just happy to have people walk in off the street, locals do a deposit checking account, but now they can't compete with this thing that didn't exist until now. Yeah, but don't you possibly see that as just kind of more quickly ushering the inevitable in? I think the small bank is definitely a dying, it's a dinosaur. Um, you know, so, if you get into the signs of the coming of end times, uh, you know, a universal currency is one of those things. And, you know, at first people thought that was the credit card, but this digital currency is definitely, it's all global. So I'll, I'll give you a short answer to that. No, I don't, I don't think getting rid of all the banks or, or consolidating them all is a good thing. Um, but I'll, I'll agree to disagree, I see your point. Yeah, maybe, but I think that also presumes that cryptocurrency is the future. I think it's the flavor of the. Well, I think centralized currency, centralized currency is the writing on the wall, and it has been for probably you know well over fifty years. So, is it going to be crypto, or is crypto like the you know the beta version of what the new universal currency is? There's about half the population in the United Kingdom who might disagree with you, Bob, that we're, that going to one currency is inevitable. There's a lot of people who don't want to be a part of the European Union and, and they're, they're, you know, re- yeah, but all in, of that. Right? But in the grand scheme of things, that, that half of that country is a drop in the bucket as far as people numbers all right. are concerned. That's fair. So let's, let's agree that... Who, who freaking knows, right? <laughs> What's going to happen there? What, what's the future? I don't, I don't know. But how about this? If somebody can capture away f- the financial markets from governments, what do governments have left for power? Seems they don't have power. They're already owned by money interests anyway. So Okay, so... Simple, oversimplified economics is we have a debt. We have a deficit here in the country. So when we need more money, what do we do, Bob? We make more. <laughs> Can you do that on the blockchain? Uh, I'm you, sure. You can't just say, you know what? <laughs> Add an extra zero to my ledger, wink. So governments do that. And, no, and they, but what you can do, though, is you can establish a new cryptocurrency. And that's just like printing more money. Where I'm going with this is (laughs) prediction. I don't know if this will be true or not, but prediction, this sort of thing is going to be outlawed in at least one country, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, so China gets accused all the time of manipulating currency, you know, so it fucks around with the U.S. dollar. You know, all, a lot of countries do that. So I, I'm sure the uh, United States does this too. I don't want to make it sound like we're, our shit don't stink. It probably does. Um, <laughs> but, but if somebody takes away that, tool out of your tool because that's a government tool right hey let's print more money hey let's uh, adjust interest rates hey let's do this and if now there's a one world order currency comes along that takes away a lot of the shenanigans now you may look at that and go well that's a good thing i don't know i'm not smart enough to know economics to know if that's a good thing for me my gut my my naive economics gut says that's probably not a good thing. Um, we should probably leave each individual company and in their or not company country and their gross domestic product and their economy to those countries, 
in a global cryptocurrency, even Bitcoin. That's why some countries are like, what the fuck's going on with Bitcoin here? You know, okay, great. It's just, just crime. That's the only use case. Thank God. You know, we're only using it for crime. Woo, that was easy. But this is like, no, fuck it. We want to do we want to do legit business. That's an actual threat to a country in my mind. Yeah, but you you have to you haven't watched iRobot, have you? I have not. You have to watch iRobot. Um okay. spoiler alert for people who haven't, one of the pivotal plot points is a hacker group takes down giant financial institution because all these financial institutions have, you know, conglomerated up together and, you know, the nickname of this company is Evil Corp and they do banking, they control all the mortgage records, the everything, they have software, hardware. Is they, it called Evo or Evil? Evil Corp is the nickname. Okay. All right. It's E-Corp. E-Corp is the name of the company, but it's dubbed Evil Corp by the main characters. So a hacker group takes them down. But the hacker group is actually, unbeknownst to the hacker group, technically pwned and backed by a foreign government entity. And the plan is, from a global perspective, is to bail out this financial institution in the United States that controls so much information and so much data and so much currency. Because of the takedown, nothing is backed, and they want to spawn an, a cryptocurrency to save the financial markets. Wow. What year was this? Uh, this was all within the past five years, I believe. But it, okay. yeah, it's actually... But it was pretty forward-looking. So... um so I'm just saying like that this, you know, if you take away the ability for a government entity to print more money, there's always digital currency, which is not real anyway, that can be quote unquote printed. Um, uh, it's June 19th, 2019. I believe humanity is ready for a downgrade at this point. We need to chill the fuck out. Oh, and no, just I be think like there's a giant purge that's coming, whether it's climate based or, you know, something there. there we're, we're definitely going to be taking a, a slight slide back. <laughs> so <laughs> we are not talking about podcasting tonight. I can already tell you that already. <laughs> well, uh, we, we can make this the longest pod in show nope, I think it's just history. a giant tease for the next special episode where we talk about <laughs> podcasting. So, Bob, uh, cryptocurrency is unhackable, right? No, that's not true at all. Oh, that's right. So I, I just don't understand... I, again, it's but that's it how it was like a, sold, right? That's how it was sold and marketed. That it was because of because of the ledger, there weren't any vulnerabilities, right? It was well, it, well not any, but it was much more solid in structure because you you can't just change the record forever all the way back in time. Well, right? well you can the fifty one percent attack. You sure can actually, right? If, if, but like that's still not a hack, though, right? Oh, yeah. It's called 51% attack. For, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So I would say for sure it is. So that's the thing. If if Facebook or 51... Let's say Facebook's like, nah, fuck that. But 51% of the other guys say, yeah, it's going to happen. Right? Right. But so, with the article that we were sharing earlier today, it's an IBM case study, actually. And IBM uh, has an X-Force Red blockchain testing team. Apparently, it's made up of techs and hackers, and they actually get called in to um, stress test and penetration test. You know, it's basically a hacker test um, people's blockchain setups. And this company that uh, they reference in the case study, they found thirty critical flaws in their company's the company's implementation of blockchain. 
So that marketed, you know, thing of blockchain being this new, way more secure way of doing things, probably going to put a big false on top of that. So what you're telling me, just like artificial intelligence and machine learning, blockchain is written by humans and is therefore fallible? Exactly. <laughs> I know. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, um, this is, for me, this is just like a power struggle. Hey, we don't like what's going on over there. We can do it better. It's an ego thing. We want the power. We want the control. And oh, by the way, we'll line our pockets again. And I, so if the vision here is to help Joe consumer, Jane consumer, underrepresented consumer, is it, are you now represented because Zuckerberg is now at the end of that dollar uh, tree or, you know, I, I just, I guess I don't understand. I would think having a distributed financial network is more stable than also having a centralized one. And that's, that's probably just my gut. I don't have any way to back that up, but if I have a hundred banks, a hundred banks failing all at once versus one giant cryptocurrency, you know, I'm going with the hundred banks, probably not failing. Now we can go back to 2008 and go, aha, I really don't know what happened in 2008 other than the economy took a shit and everyone's houses went out. I don't know what actually happened at the banks. The too oh, big to you, fail. You got to watch the big short. I have seen it <laughs> and I totally and forget the plot line. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll rewatch it. How about that? Homework yes. for Kevin. Um, but my point is, is the irony is, is Bitcoin's a distributed ledger. Libra is a distributed ledger to a few and it really takes 2,000 banks, puts them all out of business, I guess, in the, in the end game. And now we have one bank to rule them all. So when that fails, we all fail together. I, I, I would rather have a more distributed financial network. Yeah. Thingy. And I just don't think that's the direction we're all going. I mean, unfortunately. But it's Facebook and Silicon Valley, so it's got to be awesome, right? Well, it's going to have awesome advertising. That's for sure. I mean, it's going to be advertised in a social way. So basically, you know, it talks about the underserved and more inclusive, but really it's going to be like, hey, boom, flash selfie, be like me, be a Libra person. You know, I might be a Virgo, but online I'm a Libra. Get Libra currency today. <laughs> so, so if you watch any television right now, like, and, and I mean appointment television like DirecTV cable, they're running... Apollo moon landing show after another because it's the 50th anniversary. Well, and it's also a big national marketing push because we're going back to the moon. That clip that we played last week for the show mm -hmm. open. Yep. They put, I heard that in an ad today for um, a CNN special. It, you know, it's very famous, but it's My all about going back to the moon. My point is, is, both of us are under the age of 50. You're, you're, you're Barely. knocking on it. You're I'm knocking just under on the it. radar. Um, and I think you and I have a pretty good appreciation for at least 20th century history. We, we actually existed in the 20th century, but younger children who have grown up with nothing but the internet, you know, they don't know much about World War II other, other than it's this black and white thing that has this dude named Hitler with the funny mustache and apparently killed a bunch of people. You know, it, it's very, it, they just don't get into it. And then what's well, the space we race? Still, we still only know what the history books tell us anyway. And who well, writes history? The winners. Well, okay, tinfoil hat. Yeah, got it. <laughs> my, my point is, is the young generation get, has given up a lot of their privacy and thought no big deal. And they don't know much about history. And a lot of the times the reason we have the things we have is because there, there's, a, there's a history to it. There's, there's a, been a lesson learned. And I feel like a lot of those lesson learns get factored out 
when we get pushes like Libra because a young person, so you and I were like seasoned programmers who were like, yeah, whatever. But a young person might look at that and go, that's fucking cool. I can't wait. There's people our age that are going to look at it and say that. Yes. um, But people our age are are highly resistant to change. Right. So I'm not, probably a little I'm, bit more leery of the technology too, but all we need is that next generation to get hooked on it. Yeah. I'm not worried. So, I mean, it takes forever to get an old person on Facebook or it used to now everyone, and now it's ubiquitous, but the last people to adopt are older people. But these young people I think are going to be like, Hey, this is the cool new hip way because you know, uh, you know, one of my kids, Grant, you know what his biggest pet peeve is when he goes out and or gets a gift for birthday or Christmas, getting cash. He hates getting cash. I'm like, what do you mean you hate getting cash? Give me the cash. He's like, well, because it's hard to spend. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, he's like, where do I spend cash? I'm like, I don't know, a restaurant or gas. He's like, yeah, I use my debit card for everything. He probably like, can't wait for touchless pay to finally make its way to the big time United States of America. Right. And the, the thing that blew my mind one day, he's like, hey, uh, I spent this money and they gave me back these, these coins. I'm like, oh my God, you, you look at coins and you're like, not sure what they are kind of thing. I mean, this is the world we're in. He's like, I don't know how to spend coins. Who takes coins these days? I'm like, anyone who takes coins, you know, cash. It's just blowing my mind. Full disclosure, full confession. I hate cash and coins as well. Well, I don't carry cash either. And I had to buy a gift certificate today at a, at a restaurant. And they smartly, in my mind, said, okay, if you want to buy a gift card from us. We only take cash. We've been screwed over by a chargeback too many times. I'm like, you know what? You, you, y'all are smart. You know, that, that's, I can understand it, but a young person would be like, this is stupid. Why would you want to do that? You know? So I'm um, often caught with my pants down when I don't have cash. Mm, oh, wait, it's re- that sound right. <laughs> it's really bad if you ever go to a restaurant and then you miss the cash or check only, you know, because it's like from the 1950s and you're like, I have a MasterCard. They're like, look at you. Well, there's an ATM two blocks away. You better leave your wallet, son, <laughs> you know, or something crazy like that. That's right. So I'm not, I'm not worried about people our age. I'm worried about the young people who for lack of a better term, are indoctrinated into the digital culture because when it's marketed as, this is cool, this is hip, and there's no pushback from the government or any any of their, I don't know, periodicals, if, if we even can use that word anymore, because they don't, kids don't use magazines and newspaper. They use Instagram and Facebook. They're using the thing that's trying to get them hooked right. on the thing. It's like Philip Morris is going, yeah, nicotine's awesome. And you know, no problem here. You know, what are you talking about? And they just live in that bubble. And that's what I'm worried about, Bob. Ooh, I think we need a blue Joe camel for the show art. <laughs> a blue joke, a, fa- a, a Zuckerberg yep. joke. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yep. I think that's what well, we that's need. A, that's a tall order. I'm ordering it up right now. Boom. Um, I think this is an actual rare Bob and Kevin show episode where I feel like we may have actually solved something. I think and, we've you- concluded that Libra is a really bad idea and people you know that- should not be involved in it. You know what that means, Bob? I don't know what that means. It means it's going to be highly successful (laughs) because we suck at this. And if they use my advertising concept, I'm going to be so angry. Also proud. 
we're also the guys who got into crypto yes. at the very apex yeah. of Bitcoin and Ethereum and Litecoin. We're going to be rich. This is going to be awesome. And then we're like, yeah, that, that didn't work out then so the well. the big crypto it? crash of 2018 happened. No, you can't just call it crypto crash. They call it the crypto winter. <laughs> yeah. Crypto apocalypse. And then, you know, you got to, we all forget about a guy who's like, no, it's going to go up to 50 thousand dollars per bitcoin and then no it's a million dollars per bitcoin okay yeah where yeah. are those tweeter guys these days yeah those <laughs> guys were like all about it like you could bet you know Crickets. i'll bet the farm yeah, sure. it's up over nine grand again though i still think cryptocurrency is the coolest useless technology ever conceived it, it's just it's just one of those things where on a white paper you're like that's cool and then in practical terms, it's like, that doesn't work. And I'm trying to think of other technologies or even non-technology. What ideas were great on paper? Like, I can't think Laser of any. Laser disc. Laser disc was <laughs> awesome. <on paper. laughs> Laser disc. Touche, Bob. <laughs> Touche. Uh, yeah. What else was awesome on paper? I think Laserdisc is the pinnacle right there. Wow. And you know what? I know what Laserdisc is. But how many people out there listening know what Laserdisc is? So if you know what Laserdisc is, go ahead and hit us up at the Bob and Kevin Show on any of our social media dealios, wherever we exist, and tell us that you're old like us, apparently. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna skip the lightning today and we're gonna just go out with the uh, connect with us. Nice. We're gonna like really it. mix it up. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first. You can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. Then we're out.